Hello, welcome to the Baggies Broadcast, Season 2, Episode 13. 13 episodes into this season already. My name is Luke Hatfield, I'll be your host today. I'm joined, as ever, by Mr Matt Wilson. Matt, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good. I'm a little chilly in uh, this new room that we're sitting in. Uh, yeah, apart from that, I'm okay. We've been relegated to the lower doldrums of the Express and Star today. The bubble is fully booked today. Uh, I've just come back off a week off. I'm starting to think I'm a bit of a good luck charm for Albion, you know. I didn't turn up against Wigan. What happened? They go and lose. Yeah, they did. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, well, I thought Wigan played really well. Um, I think it was a bit of an off day for Albion, but I thought Wigan played really well and, and fully, fully deserved the win mm. uh, in the end, even though the goal came late on. Yeah, that's it. So you were there, Matt. I wasn't. Do you want to? Do you want to um, give me a, a quick rundown of exactly what happened? What went wrong for Albion? So I thought first um, 10, 15 minutes, Albion stuck started to get a foothold in the game, started to play quite well. And then Wigan um, made it quite a scrappy game, um, broke up play, um, tried to make it quite a physical game, resorted to a few um, of the dark arts. But Albion, um, who didn't, they failed to rise above it really, and they got mm. dragged into a scrap and ended up, um, I thought, you know, probably being more physical than they needed to be, um, getting frustrated. There were quite a few players who I thought lost their cool uh, on a number of occasions. Joe Rodriguez, Jake Livermore, um, just to name two. Mm. Um, and then after the break, they, they they did come out quite well, Albion. There was a brief 10-minute spell where they were zipping the ball around quite well. They should have had a penalty when Harvey Barnes uh, was, was tripped in the box, but he was booked for diving. Um but then Wigan regained control of the game um, and looked much more likely to score um, for, for most of the game, really. For about, I would say, 75% of the game, they were probably the most likely team. And um, they got a, got a goal um, sort of 15 minutes from time. Mm. Uh, a flick on, which Adra Bio should have done better with. And then Higazi sort of dawdled and Josh Windass pounced on it burst past him and, and fired past Sam Johnston. Well deserved for Wigan, who were brilliant. Um, really impressed with their sort of tactical inventiveness under Paul Cook. They were uh, operating with a sort of swivelling defence. Um, it was a back three when they had the ball and a back four when they didn't. Um, and they also were sit were sort of sitting back in a, with two banks of four and inviting Albion on to them at some stages. And then at other points when um, they noticed that they could press the back three in possession, they did do that and they switched to a sort of 4-3-3 and, and got three men right up into Albion's grill. Mm. And um, I don't, I just don't think the Bankers had really had an answer for it. They looked a bit off off the pace, a bit off colour. Um, I mean, they weren't as bad as they were at Birmingham City, yeah. um, but it was a similar sort of after the international break, they just seemed to fail to find their rhythm. Um, and the only player who really looked like doing anything of note was Barnes. Mm. Um Gale and Rodriguez were, were not really in the game. Um, Livermore and Brunt were sort of snapping at heels, but they sort of got dragged into a scrap. And the back three were not as assured as they, as they have been in the past. thought Sam Johnston played quite well, um, but him and Barnes were, were the two standout players uh, for Albion. Apart from that, it was um, pretty tepid, pretty average. And um, Wigan were well-deserved winners. Yeah, it's, it's strange to say that both J-Rod and Dwight Gale weren't really in the game. Normally, you see one of the two 
um, almost taking a charge, especially from when I've seen them at least. What was what was the issue there? Was was it just a matter of service or was it a matter of just neither player really being up for it on the day? I think Rodriguez was definitely up for it. I mean, he, he was herring around the place. Um, he nearly got himself sent off. Um, he looked really up for it. Um, I don't think it was a, really a question of desire. I just think, I just think Paul Cook um, out-tacticked uh, Darren Moore and Albion mm. essentially. Um, I just think, uh, in contrast, you know, theirs was quite an inventive system that was that changed quite quite dramatically at, at times. And, and Albion's looked a bit formulaic, a bit predictable at times. Mm. Um, I think we can telegraph what they, were, what they were trying to do. They broke the play up and they made it scrappy. And I just think they did, did a number on Albion essentially. And um, I don't think you can pin it on one player mm. or or two players. It was just a collective day where they got sort of dragged into this into this into this game. And, and um, Wigan actually played the nicer stuff. I thought you know they okay the goal came from a sort of route one. Um, Goal, but it you know at times they were they were playing really well. You know Gary Roberts was 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 superb. I thought um, Josh Windus was good. Nick Powell was good. And Albion, yeah, just didn't really have an answer. Yeah, I must admit when I was I was keeping an eye on the game because I was working another game over the weekend, and I must admit at halftime I thought, all right, this is when Albion are going to come into their own here. This is when we've seen Albion a number of times, especially at home. I know they were at the DW of course over the weekend, but in that second half they seemed to get a little bit of a boost and they seemed to really stretch their opponents but it just didn't seem to happen did it I mean they, as you said they started strong in that second half but they didn't really build on that did they no they didn't I think you've got to take the opposition into account um, we're going to have kept 20 clean sheets in the last 28 league games at mm. home I mean they're really tough to break down uh, there um, you know they're unbeaten at home this season they've won five drawn two yeah, they're a good side uh, especially at home um, but yes, there is slight concerns about Albion's away form. I think that they lack a plan B, particularly away from home. I think at mm. home they they control the game and they've got the, the the crowd behind them, and then they they normally find a way through. Well, they they do find a way through. This they've got five wins on the spin in, in the league, but away from home, when when other teams are perhaps a bit more front foot, you know, uh, although Wigan did sit back at times, they were. They were front foot in the sense that they were getting up in Albion's face. Mm. Um, they were they were almost jockeying back and forth as a team. It was really impressive um, the way that they sort of managed the whole game and the situation. <coughs> Perfect game management, I thought. Um, you know, even at the end when you expect Albion to have come flying back like they did against Sheffield Wednesday, there was just nothing, and that like, that was down to Wigan managing the game. Um, so you've got to take the opposition into account that you're going to have days like this. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the, I suppose the wider problem is that it's two wins from seven in the, away from home in the league. You know they do need to find this find a plan B when things aren't really going going their way um, away from home because um, you, you know you, you need to win games away from home if you're going to go up. Yeah, is that something that comes with having a head coach? Um, with the experience that Darren Moore does because obviously you know Darren Moore has only really stepped into this role in the past season is not having that plan B so to speak is that something which comes with having a youthful coach who, who might not have cut his teeth at the level which say Paul Cook has no I'm not so sure about that I mean may- maybe but um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't put it down to his inexperience um, I would put it down to um, his options you know you've got um, 
He bought off the bench Robson Carnu and oh, Adarabio came on because Dawson was injured. Yeah. So, and Robson Carnu does give you something different, but I'm not sure. Um, he's been quite good off the bench in the past for Albion, but I'm not sure it, it it's. If if a team is out, if a team is um, frustrating Albion because the way that the way that teams frustrate Albion is by um, loading up the back with with big men and then pressing their front three and not allowing Albion to play out from the press, which forces the um, the back three to kick it long. Mm. Now Galen Rodriguez aren't going to win any headers against um, big um, championship burly centre halves. That's how Pulis and Cook. And to a certain extent, Phil Parkinson at Bolton got um, managed to managed to frustrate Albion. Um, but if you bring Hal Robson Carnu on, the idea is that he's good with his back to goal and he can hold the ball up for him yeah. for you. But uh, I understand why you would why you would think that's more of a different player than someone like Oli Burke, who is just a speed demon and can run in behind. And particularly if you're trying to chase the game and um, Defences are sitting deep. I'm not entirely sure Burke's capabilities are are what you want. Maybe Burke is what you want if you're like one nil up and the other, the opposition team is chasing the team, chasing the game. Sorry, but Robson Carnu, yes, he's scored a couple of goals off the bench this season, but I don't know if he has the quality really um, to be that extra plan B mm-hmm. um, to 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 really make a difference. So. Um, I don't know what the answer is for a plan B. I mean, it could be maybe going to a back four and sort of four, two, three, one. Yeah. And bringing on Houlihan as a number 10 or something and pushing Barnes out left or some, trying something like that. That might be an idea. Um, you know, and I would also point out that, that, that Darren has made changes in the past that have worked. You know, the Sheffield yeah. Wednesday game particularly springs to mind, but there's also been other occasions where He's managed the game quite well. He's made he's made good substitutions. There was was it Millwall? Uh, there was a home game. I can't I forget which one it was now. Where he 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 did really well with the subs. They all made a difference. Um, or the Reading game. Mm. It springs to mind. You know, Carla he, he took Livermore and and um, Tyrone Mears off and put on Barry and Edwards, and they both made a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, or was it Brunt and Edwards? Well, either way, it, it, you know, the subs he made done that day made a difference. So. Look, he, he's not going to get it right every single game. I think it would be um, unfair to expect him to get it right every single game. You know, experienced managers don't get it right every single game, let mm. alone managers in their first season. I do think that this sort of dogmatic approach to the three-four-one-two may need slight tweaking. Um, you know, in the half at half time against Reading, they they moved to a three-four-two-one. They bought J Rod deeper. Um, to give them more more presence in midfield, and maybe they might need to do that again, mm. or maybe look to do it from the start, away from home, um, or just be aware, or just be able to to play that sort of swivelling defence that that Wigan played. You know, get mm. Gibbs to drop back in, Dawson to move across. It's quite easy to do that, yeah. to make it and turn it very quickly into a back four, but they don't seem to be doing it ever. Um, you know. I had a long chat with Danny Higginbottom at the weekend because he's covering um, tomorrow's game against Derby and he wanted to get an idea about um, how West Brom play and, uh, and things like that. And he said, the key to being a wing-back is that it's almost on a pivot. Mm. So you've got the five 
Um, but if you're attacking up the right, the left-hand side drops in, and if you're attacking up the left, the right-hand side drops in. Now, that's quite a conservative way of looking at it. Albion play quite an attacking wing-back system, mm. where if Phillips goes up the right, Gibbs is actually at the back post. Yeah. He's not dropping back into a back four. He's at the back post um, trying to get on the end of a cross, you know, mop up at the end, and, and likewise the other way. So the way that Albion play the wing-back system is slightly different to the way that Danny Higginbottom was, was, was saying. Um but maybe away from home, they might need to address that and, and just just be a, a little less attacking because you, they do leave Bartley and, and Dawson exposed at times. And I think sometimes the back three, it, it, it get it, it looks like it's worse than it is because they don't have you know they've got three men flooding forward at them or they they haven't got as many options to yeah. pass to and they're kicking out of play. And you know, okay, they're not the greatest ball players. In the world, but if you've got no one to pass to, you've got no one to pass to. So, um, I, I, I think they're sometimes they're not helped, you know. Mm. And you touched on the, on the depth, uh, especially up front. Do you reckon that's something that Darren Moore might look at in January? Do you think maybe he looks at maybe a striker he could possibly bring on and change a game? Because you did say, you know, how Robbins can you can change a game in terms of his approach, but he's not going to be, you know, someone who I think a lot of fans will look for for goals. Um, I don't think a striker is what they need because I think they've got options up front. They can play Burke up front. That's where he's been playing for the um, under-23s, I believe. And he's got four goals in his last four games for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can play probably play Sacco up front as well if you want. Yeah. Um, you can play Robson Carney. So then you've got five strikers there, really. And you're okay. You're playing two up front because you want to get Gallen Rodriguez into the team. But you don't have to play two up front. You could play one up front. You could play this 3-4-3 this three, three with a sort of two number 10s. And they've got players to do that, you know. Mm. They've played in the Carabao Cup, you know, just off the top of my head. In that role behind the striker, they've played Barnes, they've played Hulhan, they've played Morrison, they've played Leco, um, they've played Edwards. So that's five players that can play in that role as well. So you've got options there. I don't think they need a striker. I think what they need is a centre-back. Mm. Um, Adra Bio came off the bench and he looks really good with his feet. Really neat, tidy, crisp passer. You, you don't have your heart in your mouth in the same way that you might do with Ghazi or Bartley on the ball mm. when he's got the when he's got possession. I think you can trust him to play the right balls. And even when he sort of played a ball into Brunt that split um, two of the Wigan players, Albion was suddenly away because they played through the press. Yeah, He's good at that. What he's not so good at is the basics of defending. Um, and he, you know, he was beaten to the flick on. Mm. Um, by Nick Powell in the lead up to the goal there was also a clearance that he made that that didn't work out and and went straight to a Wigan player so I think that's why he's not in the team because I think I think Darren Moore and the coaching staff can feel like they can teach um, and coach the defenders to be better on the ball a bit more easy easily than they can they can coach Adrobio to be a better defender yeah um or they just maybe it's just a bit of a cautious safety first approach where they trust they trust the likes of Bartley, Higazi and Dawson to head clear the danger, to do their jobs, their first jobs first. Yeah. You know, if they if you if you're worried about those back three passing the ball, you can always get Brunt or Livermore to come and get the ball off them. But if you're worried about Adrobio missing a header, mm. you can't you can't really get anyone to do that. So I think I think that's why that is not on the team. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be given a chance because he's definitely got something. He's definitely talented. He's definitely got something on, on the deck, particularly, and that could suit Albion's style. 
but he just needs to get better at the basics, I think. Um, and look, you know, maybe game time will give him that, but that's where I would look in January, a centre-back or, or, or maybe even a, a midfielder, depending on depending on how this midfield sort of um, lines up in the, in, the, in, the, in the coming days and weeks, whether whether we see Sam Field or Raheem Harper get a chance and, and whether they take it. Yeah, that's an interesting take there, Matt. Right, um, I've come up with a little bit of a segment for you, Matt. Now we're, what, 13 games into the season? Um, I've come up with a little segment called It's Only October, but it gives us a chance to make some wild predictions here, Matt. Some wild, wild predictions. So I'm going to come up with the I first hate doing one this, here. by the way, but carry on. Well, I'll tell you what, I can come up with all the predictions and you can just shoot them all down if okay. you want me. How about that? So, it's only October, but Albion are definitely getting promoted this season, aren't they? Um, well, if you look at their strike force, then yes. If they keep Gale and Barnes fit, then yes, they can. They can get promoted. I'm not saying they will. They can get promoted. Anything surely now outside of the playoffs is a is a... It would be a shock to see Albion outside the playoffs for sure. I mean, I know this. I know this league is crazy, and there are teams beating everyone. But for me, Albion have looked the most likely to to run away with this league. For me, I think Middlesbrough are very, very good, but I see a couple of flaws maybe in in the squad. They don't look as fluent going forward as Albion. Yes, I know Albion are leaky at the back, unlike Middlesbrough. But I think if anyone's going to go on a run, it's probably Albion for me. Okay, um, I'm not. I'm not completely in tune with that. Mainly because I think if, the, as we saw on Saturday, if the front, if the front line or the, or the attack doesn't click and it's not firing, then they lose the game mm. because they can't keep a clean sheet. Um, Middlesbrough, on the other hand, grind out results and. Um, Look, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's plenty of fans out there who'd rather be watching West Brom than Middlesbrough at the moment because it's a lot more enjoyable, a lot more exciting. But goal scorers win your games, mm. defences win your leagues. Everyone loves a cliche, man. Exactly. So um, I I think it's so tight. It's I mean Middlesbrough look good at the moment because they're top because they're the only team in the top seven to have won. But I don't think any team has emerged really as as um, the standout team in this league. I think there's about arguably ten who could go up automatically. Yeah, it's it's that ridiculous. It's that close. Um, it's I, crazy that the Premier League has a top six and the Championship has a top eighteen at the moment. At the moment, yeah. And I look through those teams, and I would I think there's two two out of those eighteen teams. I would be surprised if they went finishing the playoffs. The other sixteen, I wouldn't be that surprised. Mm. You know, there are. I still think there are some good teams um, underperforming. You know, you've got. Um, I think Nottingham Forest will come good. I've said this before. I think, I think they're a good side. Um, you know, will Gary Rowett get Stoke to click? I don't know. Swansea have obviously got a very good manager. I don't think they've got the squad depth. So those are teams like sort of further down. But if you look at the teams that are up there at the moment, Blackburn looking very good. Derby yeah. looking very good. Sheffield United looking good. Middlesbrough looking strong. Leeds have got a fantastic manager. Um, Villa now, you know they've got the squad. Villa, yeah, it's a bit of a wild card with Dean Smith, but you don't know what what could happen. Well, I mean Smith's a good a good manager if and he got off to a good start. And given give him time, I I I wouldn't be surprised to see Villa up there coming into the season. Mm. Like you say, it's only October. I think expecting or 
yeah, expecting Albion to go up is at this stage quite premature. I think they can go up. Don't get me wrong, I think they can, but I think there are there is work to be done. Um, and I think I don't think any team has, has has suggested that they are or has stood up and said, yeah, we're going to take this league, but it's rough for the neck. Mm. All right, Matt. It's only October, but West Brom will definitely score more than 105 goals this season. Mm. I've had to go up to 105 because I think 100 is almost. Well, 100's a lot. I mean, very. I'd have to look it up, but I don't think any team scored 100 goals in the championship. I think this Albion team is more than capable of it. I think I think they can score 100 goals. Yeah, but again, if they get, you know, if people find a blueprint of how to play against them, or they get an injury to Barnes. An injury to Gale, you know. Or if Barnes leaves in January, of course. Although, I don't think he will, because Puel and Barnes have both said that he's going to stay the season now. Mm. So I think he's probably going to stay the season, which is good news. But, you know, look at Leeds. They they suffered injuries to to, to two or three of their main players, mm. and they struggled to score. They went on a bit of a bad run. Um, so, yeah, it, it can happen. It's a, it's a long, old season. Yeah. Uh, it's only October... But Harvey Barnes will get a full England call-up in the next year. In the next year? Um, no, I don't think he will. I don't, don't think he will. No, I think, I think Southgate's England... I think Southgate's decision to call up Mason Mount was a message um, to players like Ruben Loftus-Cheek and others who weren't playing um, to say you need to you need to be playing to be in this England squad yeah. and look and I think it was also a message to the Premier League managers saying I'm, I have to go down to the Champions League not that, not that any Premier League manager really probably gives a toss but um, he's basically saying to those players I have to go down to the Championship and get my players because there's not enough young English talent playing in the Premier League mm. I think it was more of a statement the fact that Mount didn't play should show you that I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll call up Barnes. Barnes has only just got into the under twenty ones team. He's only played one game for the twenty ones. He's not going to call up Harvey Barnes. I don't believe unless Barnes scores thirty goals this year. Yeah, which I'd love him to, but I don't think he will. Um, and I don't think. I don't think he's going to get a call up. No. Yeah. Right. Those are my three wild claims. Wild claims. Yeah. Do you have any, or are you, are you reserving yourself? Um, it. No. I'll, I'll, let me think of one. Um, it's only October, but um, I can't think of. One. Sorry. I'll give you a break. Don't worry. Sorry, I can't. Don't worry. That was that was pretty. That was pretty boring podcast material, wasn't it? It's fine. I mean, it's 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 fine. Um, I'm you know we we'll sh- I'm sure we'll come up with plenty of wild predictions over the year, Matt, and even. Even if we have to uh, scrape How about the bottom this? How about of this? It's only October, but there will be um, 10 teams who have led the championship before the end of the season. That's a good one. I wonder, I wonder how many there are now. I bet there's five already. I mean, if you think Sheffield United, Leeds, West Brom, Middlesbrough, that's four. I assume we're not counting Aston Villa on zero points at the start of the season. No, we're not counting that. Um, that's four. Is there, anybody else led it? Um off the top of my head, I can't remember. Leeds and Middlesbrough were there for a while, weren't they? Yeah. Those two. So, mm. but yeah, I think that's you're thinking for a good one there. That's a good yeah. shout because you never know. You know, there's going to be teams who, who are up and down, and the the Wigan result 
you know, shows you the league as a whole. I think a lot of people would have had Albion down well not, as... Well, not just the Wigan result. I mean, only one team in the top seven going into the weekend won. Yeah. The, and the other six didn't even draw. They lost. They lost. There is just... There's no... There's no predicting it at the moment. It's so tight. Nine points separate first and 18th. It's, I mean, it's, it's absolutely... Um, it's so enjoyable. It's great fun, isn't it? It's great fun, yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, I'm sure Albion fans would, would prefer it if there were seven points clear at the top. But, you know, for pure sort of entertainment value, it's fantastic. What a league. Yeah. You'd love it to come down to the last day if Albion are safe in, safe in their position that like four teams could go up automatically. It would be absolutely well, so West insane. Well, West Brom are top and then you've got about... Six, three three six, or four teams all yeah. battling for that other yeah. second spot. I mean, be if, great it, if it's still... If it's still like as close as this, sort of going into March, say, mm. it's going to be really, really, really fun because yeah. um, you know I'm sure the increment, you know, over the course of the season, sort of the incremental differences become larger, don't they? Yeah, between yeah. teams, but um, it would be great if um, it would be great if it was this close, sort of going into March. Mm. Right. Let's hit some questions from the peeps. First one comes from Charlie Swift. He says, "If Barnes does go, should we try and go for Phil Foden?" It's <laughs> a claim, isn't it? Well, a, I don't think Barnes is going anywhere. I spoke to Barnes after the game on, um, on Saturday, and, and credit to, by the way, credit to both Barnes and Livermore for stopping after the game um, mm. in the mix zone because Livermore got sent off. Barnes obviously got booked for diving. I think they both want, well, then wanted to put their side of the story across, but fair yeah. play to them for for stopping. You know, it's to be honest though. Considering the season they're having, it, it, it is the least they could do. But uh, it's still nice for them to do it. Um, yeah, I spoke to Barnes afterwards, and um, he he said that um, as far as he's concerned, it's a season-long loan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, Puel has come out and said he he's, he's going to keep um, he's going to keep Barnes there. Um, at the moment, that's the plan to keep him there. Um, for the season so that's all positive news the only danger is of course if, if Puel who's now lost four out of his last five games if he gets sacked the new manager comes in and says no we want him back yeah. um, I, you know, I, want all the, I want to take a look at him and that could very well happen So, you know, or if injury strikes of course as well then it could be one which he may be forced to consider if he's still in the job Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, Leicester, yeah, if Madison gets injured or something, you never know. But I think they've got enough uh, options at Leicester. Um, and I think they appreciate what Barnes, the development that Barnes is going under at Albion. Mm, certainly he's reassuring. Oh, but, and, and Phil Foden, sorry, that was the question. No, I, he's, he's like on the fringes of Manchester City's team. Yeah. That, I would be incredibly surprised. I mean, Adrobayo is on was on the fringes but he was further on the fringes yeah, he was yeah, not yeah. he was not getting a game um, Foden's getting games you know in he's appeared in the Champions Champions League, League Cup, well, Champions he? League even off the bench sometimes in the first team I'd be, that would be a, a massive coup I'd be amazed if they could do that but you know fair play for the ambition yeah fair play Busted Flush he asks what do the academy lads have to do to get five minutes on the pitch well Carl Edwards has, has come on the last half an hour in the, the last two games yeah um, so I suppose we've got to do, take a leaf out of Carl Edwards book you know I, I, I do think that this could be the time now for Sam Field um, mm. Livermore suspended for the derby game um, Barry's a doubt so who do you play in central midfield James Morrison maybe but uh, he's 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 32, and would you pair him alongside Brunt at 33? It's quite a slow midfield. Yeah. Um, 
Wes Houlihan again, 36. Barry, even if he's fit, 37. That's quite a slow midfield. Mm. I think it's time for Sam Field. I really do. So um, hopefully we'll see um, you know a bit of uh, a bit of Sam Field action this week. And um, it's about taking your chance when you get that chance, isn't it? Now it's about taking that that opportunity. Edwards has done that um, consistently in pre-season in the Carabao Cup, um, and when he's come on um, for the first team. So yeah. It's about taking that chance and making that difference and, and, and proving to the manager that you're better than the, the senior pros that he's currently playing. Mm. Sean Lloyd, he asks, why can't we keep clean sheets? Oh, because the approach. I, mean, I think I touched on that earlier. You're playing three at the back, you're playing an expansive style, you're playing um, attacking and what you would, you what you what if you were being kind, you'd call it brave football and I think I will be kind because you know, they, they've they only lost one in the last eight so I will be kind. It's brave football. Um, but yeah it does leave the back exposed and um, sometimes they play themselves into trouble um, and you know they're going for this they're going for the, these games where well we want to score four goals and we might let in one that's okay mm. um, but the main thing is to win games and they're one point off the top at the moment so they're doing okay yeah and last one Ashley Knock can you work your magic so I can get a trial at centre back please uh, no there you go, Ashley. Unfortunately, you have to try it elsewhere. Right. Hot or not? Hot. Bouncing back. Albion, they need to bounce back. And the good thing about this league is they can do it right away. Yes. And I suppose if you're looking for positives, you could argue that Derby and Blackburn, the two teams coming up, A, is at the Hawthorns. Yeah. Where Albion are fantastic. B, they play the game probably a bit more in the way that Albion want to play. Yeah. A bit more on the deck, a bit more um, fluid, um, not as stop-starty. Um, so maybe that will play into Albion's hands. Yeah. However, I do have some concerns. Both Derby and Blackburn have got dynamic, young, to a certain extent, midfields. Um, Derby actually although they've got Wilson and um, Mount Harry Wilson and Mason Mount who are on loan from Liverpool and Chelsea respectively mm. you know, 21 and 19 um, they've also got some experience in there you know Lampard he's got this reputation for oh yeah he plays all the youngsters well actually you know okay Bryson's injured but he's in his 30s he's been key mm-hmm. they've got Huddleston um, in his 30s they've got Keogh in his 30s they've got uh, Carson in goal in his thirties, so they've got they have got a, an experienced squad. You know they've got the seventh oldest average starting eleven in the league. Mm. Albion have got the third oldest, so um, I think I am concerned about about the young the the young dynamic players that Derby have got, and to a certain extent Blackburn as well. Okay, Tony Mowbray will be well known to a lot of Albion fans. He's going to come and he's going to try and play football at the Hawthorns on Saturday. Mm. Um, but they've got a very good footballer in Bradley Dack, and they've got some other good footballers on their team. Um, and they, uh, you know, don't be surprised to see Derby or Blackburn um, go toe to toe with Albion and try and play them off the park rather than maybe what Wigan. Oh, don't get me wrong, Wigan played some really nice football as well. Mm. I, I, I must hasten to add, but they also made it physical. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how 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 Albion get on in these two games. Um, I think it might suit them a little bit more. Mm. Let's not forget that you know they're a physical side as well. You know Dawson, Higazi, Bartley, Livermore—they're big blokes. Yeah, um, I know Livermore's suspended, but 
for the Derby game, but it'll be back for Blackburn. They are big blokes. So they're a physical team as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, what happens um, in these games. Uh, but they're both of them are three points behind Albion at the moment. So they are good sides um, and they should not be underestimated. Uh, you know, win these two games, big statement, I mm. think. Um, but it's not going to be easy by so, any stretch. Certainly won't be two big games there. Something that's not so hot, Alan Pardew uh, blaming the cab for debacle for his sacking. Um, I think there was a little bit more than just the cab four. I mean, it was a big part of his, his tenure and it was something which was made, you know, it was very high in terms of media coverage and we obviously covered it ourselves. But there was a bit more to it than that and it's, it comes down to results and performances on the pitch as well, doesn't it? Yes, it does. But I, I sort of understand what he means. I don't, I don't think... I think it was a bit... It was a bit of, it's a bit of a stretch to blame to blame it on the players, um, although the players obviously deserve to shoulder some of the blame for their for their role, not only in in that particular episode, but also for the on pitch performances. Because yes. you know they they're the people that are playing it. Um, but what I think what he means is that was the that that completely ruined the good mood that was slowly starting to build you know they'd mm. beaten Brighton they drew with Everton they'd beaten Liverpool in the cup and it was just starting you just felt like okay there is something here to build on they yeah. can get themselves out of this and then that happened now I think blaming it on the players is unfair because you look at okay Pardew was the one that organised that trip yeah Pardew was the one that organised it assuming they were going to lose to Liverpool in the FA Cup and oh, oh no they beat Liverpool in the FA Cup yeah and then they had to cut it short which when you when you cut short a um, a holiday like that which is essentially what it was everyone tries to fit as much as they can into as little time and, I'll blame them and things go awry you've also got to look at Pardew's own role in the whole thing you know I've got to be careful what I say but there you know there are there's been suggestions and, and, and rumours that he was also out the night before. You know, he lost his wallet and his phone. Mm-hmm. He's he is basically he has created that an environment for that to happen. Um, you, you you can't see that sort of thing happening under uh, previous managers. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, or even the current manager. So he's created that environment. He also the way he handled it, which to be fair to him, he did admit. In, in his in what he said in his quotes that the way he handled it was was wrong and going back he'd probably do it differently you know he yeah. should have dropped Barry and Evans for the Southampton game um, obviously Livermore and Myhill were injured at the time I think um, but he should have dropped Barry and Evans they should not have played the, the decision to take the captaincy off Evans was a wrap over the knuckles which didn't even hurt because Evans had by that time you know he was so Frustrated with the fact that he wasn't playing for Man City, that I don't mm. think he cared that much. I think he, no, that's unfair. That's probably pushing it too far. I think he still cared, but it had got to this situation where that wasn't enough. They need to be dropped. Yeah. So he handled it. He handled it badly. He created the situation, and then he hand that allowed that to happen. And then he handled it badly. So blaming the players. Yes, the players have a, have a responsibility. They're all grown men, and they all should. Hold, hold their hands up and take some blame but Pardew also deserves to shoulder a lot of the blame as well yeah back to the hots and this is one I'm happy to see Matt 
Ollie Burke on fire for the youngsters. Good to see him in the hot section because I was a little bit worried for him to start the season. And it's not all over yet because, you know, of course, we're not seeing him do it in the first team yet, but promising signs from him. Yeah, he's been put on this special training regime by the uh, by the coaching staff. He's been ordered to do some um, individual work away from training and even at home. Um, so it's obviously something that's not quite right there, whether it's his work ethic or his lifestyle or whatever. Yeah. But the positive thing is that he is rolling up his sleeves and doing it for the under-23s. And he's, I think somebody probably said to him, look, if you want to get in the first team... Make make them pick you by by dominating these games, yeah. and you know he is scoring for them. I think he's found a new role as a striker, and I think he's he's doing quite well for the under twenty threes, as you'd expect him to. By the way, you'd yeah. expect him because that is a poor level, and he should be a cut above. Um, but again, you know he's doing it, and hopefully we will see more of Burke in the first team as the season wears on. Um, It'd be great to get him up to speed, and to, because I think he's got the potential to be a massive weapon. You know, um, Darren Moore himself said last week he's got attributes that I've never seen before. Yeah, essentially, and those attributes are essentially the fact that he is big and strong, but rapid. Yeah, it's very rare that you get a player of his size with his speed. Mm. Now, if you can harness that, he's got fantastic um, potential. Um, I think he's one. Hopefully. That will come good later on in the season, perhaps when you know the goals dry up from elsewhere. He's a great impact player to have off the bench, I would argue. The you know there are fans now saying, well, why is he not on the bench now? Why is he not? But he's obviously he does, he's not ready. I, and it, they need to judge it judge it right because if they drop him in and he has a bad game, it, it can psychologically and and you know it can dent you even worse. So hopefully they are preparing him for. Um, have to have an impact further down the line. Yeah, because the physical tools are definitely there. And last not, Matt Phillips and Craig Dawson injuries. What is the deal with them? Well, Dawson will be assessed before the, the Derby game. So uh, we're due to go and speak to Darren Moore pretty much as soon as we stop recording this. So we'll know more yeah. in, about, um, in a couple of hours. Um, but he's, essentially Dawson will have, be, have a late uh, scan on his... Um, on his little niggling injury that he picked up on Saturday. But I saw him after the game and he was walking fine. A yeah. little, little bit gingerly, but he was okay. He wasn't hobbling, he wasn't on crutches, he wasn't he didn't have any his arms on anyone's shoulders. He was he walked away from the stadium. So yeah. that's a positive sign. Hopefully he'll be back. If not, they've got Adarabio to play and it'll be a big night for him. Um as for Matt Phillips, I believe he's almost there. And hopefully he's ready for the uh, for the derby game because uh, they could do with having him back. Certainly could do. And let's get on to that derby game, Matt. A uh, quick chance to bounce back against Frank Lampard's size, uh, aside. Sorry. Um, as we said, though, it's not an easy task on their hands, is it? Because derby are one of them teams who can cause any team a problem on their day. Yeah, they play some really nice football. Um, and um, their goal against Sheffield United uh, after 17 seconds... Uh, on Saturday night was it Saturday night I think it was yeah good way to start a game that was a, that's a lovely goal by the way um, and you know the way they pass the ball the way they move the ball um, when they're on song they're really good They've, as I said earlier I think they've got a lovely blend of youth and experience in their team you know some experience at the back and they've got a young defender as well um, on loan from Chelsea but 
They've also got some some very nice, youthful, pacey attacking options up front. Jack Marriott's just coming into form for them as well. Yeah, they look good. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. The caveat is, I suppose, the fact that they're not so good away from home. Yeah, they've they've only picked up. I think it's one point in their last three away games. Lost to Rotherham, lost to Bolton, I think maybe, um, or certainly some a couple of teams that you would expect them maybe to be beating. Mm. So look, the the, the 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 results and the performances have been mixed, but there's no doubt that, that Lampard is is. He's, he's got an idea there, and he's getting he's getting quite a tune out of those players. And um, we just hope that it's a it's a it's a better night for Albion, and, and that they can make their sort of home advantage. And they're probably their superior quality all over the pitch count, which they probably do have. Mm. Um, but Derby do well. There'll certainly be no pushovers. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be very tricky, I think. Yeah, I've got to be wary giving away any free kicks in and around the penalty area as well. Given, I know, given the way Harry Wilson can take a free kick, it's strange. Jeez. What's the, I mean, what's the technique he uses there? He sort of get, the one against Man United. He did the same for Wales. It's yeah. they sort of like it's like a knuckleball. It, it, I don't know how they don't know how he does it, but I've no idea. It's like, the, it's like the old Ronaldo free kick, isn't it? Where it sort of goes up and over and swings both ways. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty special and I wouldn't want to be in goal trying to deal with one of them. No. Sam Johnson will be marshalling his defence and yeah. hoping that you know there aren't any set pieces in a position like that. But as we did say, there's going to be an enforced change in midfield. Jake Livermore is suspended. You said you want to see Sam Field there. and Any other changes you might expect other than the toast in Adarabaya if, if, if Dawson is in for Well, Adarabaya may be in for Dawson. Um, obviously, if, if Barry's available, then maybe you... You might swap Brunt out for Barry mm. and do it that way. I don't know. He might play Barry and Brunt. Um, so central midfield is the key area. I think the, the rest of the team picks itself. Uh, hopefully Phillips is back at right wing back and, uh, and hopefully Dawson is fit at right centre back. If not, um, you know, I suppose the worst, no, it's a bit, a bit harsh to say this, but the worst case scenario would be Dawson's not fit. Phillips isn't fit, Barry's not fit, mm. and then you've got um, Adarabio and Mears down the right against Harry Wilson. It's a bit could be a bit dangerous, and you've got um, Brunt, who's done ninety minutes on Saturday with Sam Field, who I really want to ha- see have a game, but he's not played much football in central midfield. Yeah, so um, look, it's going to be interesting. Um, but the, this is the point of the season where you start to need your, need your squad, and it's time now for these fringe players to step up. So, yeah, on the best case scenario is Dawson's back, Phillips is back, um, and maybe even Barry's fit because um, um, you know, Barry has looked quite quite good in recent weeks as well. Yeah, that's it. And being at home will hopefully help Albion because, as you said before, they've been brilliant at the Hawthorns this season. Yeah, they have. They have been right. Now, this is a segment which was suggested on Twitter from Paul Harris. Now, Paul Harris got on, got in touch after the the glorious Preston Pie debacle, or to say debacle, it wasn't really debacle, the occasion. Yeah. He said, uh, is there any chance that we can make this a regular segment talking about away day food? So, Matt, we're going to do this. We're going to go with away day appetites. Okay. How was the food at Wigan? Not very good. I was, oh, ex- I was Like ex- the football? I was expecting... Something similar to Preston, you know, quite yeah. close proximity. Um, and yes, it was a pie, but it was um, it was a 
it wasn't a pucker pie, but it was of that ilk in the sense okay, that yeah. it was in a in a tin foil um, container. Mm. It was almost like a it, it it looked and tasted a bit like an own brand pucker pie. You know what oh I mean? yeah, so I know what you mean. It wasn't it wasn't it it couldn't hold a candle to that delicious pie we got at Preston. Um, so yeah, I I'll, I'd give it. I'd give it a four out of ten. Four out of ten. Yeah, you, you beat me to it. I was going to ask you for a rating. <laughs> I knew you, you beat were. me to it. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a segment which comes around every every other away day, mate. Every away day we do. Okay, we're going to be discussing food. Cool. Right. So Paul, I hope that's that's uh, tweaked your appetite there. Um, but nothing will beat that Preston pie for me, by the way. No, that was amazing. No, that was phenomenal. Right. We'll quickly touch on the Blackburn game because it is a long way off, and we've got another game in between it. But we're not going to have a podcast before then. Um, quick take Blackburn another team not to take lightly uh, and it's a returner to Tony Mowbray too should be should be a bit of a cracker I think it'll be quite a good game I think it'll be two teams trying to play the ball in the depth trying to play football the right way obviously you've got the, the Tony Mowbray um, aspect to it I think he'll get a good reception when he when he returns and you've got the Bradley Dak aspect as well I've been of course trying to sign Dak in the summer mm. um, but Blackburn don't want to sell and considering the way he started the season, you can understand why. I mean, he's been fantastic for them. Scored six or seven goals already, and, and he's been suspended for a bit of it as well. So, yeah, it'll be a really good game. Um, the sort of game that Albion, if they want to go up, they need to win. Mm. Um, but again, Blackburn, just like Wigan, can't be taken lightly. Um, done very well under uh, under Mowbray, and continue to do so, and, and are playing some nice stuff and. And you know, Mowbray knows how to get out of this league. Yeah, uh, playing that sort of football. So, yeah, don't put anything past them. Um, I think it'll be. I think these next two games. I'm really looking forward to both of them. Actually, yeah, two proper football teams, Derby and Blackburn, with um, really interesting um, sort of managers in the dugout. You know, you've got mm. Lampard and, and Mowbray coming back to the Hawthorns. Teams that like to play football, you know, I just think these are fantastic games, really, for um, Albion to, to get excited about, and, and and Albion fans to get excited about, and, and there'll be a real test as well. Yeah. So really looking forward to the week ahead. Can't can't wait actually. Yeah, that's it. And if uh, you want to follow all the preview for that, make sure you stick with Express and Star. Finish. Um, we'll finish up with predictions after we talked about our competition, of course. Competition we run every week. Tweet an Albion shirt. Your choice to name a number. Three games. Anytime goal scorer, Matt. First game will be Albion versus Blackburn. Who have you got? Um, I, I've got to go for an Albion player, haven't I? Really, I can't. I can't. I think so. I can't say Dak, can I? Um, okay, I will go for. I think he had a quiet night on Saturday, so I'll go back for uh, Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale, good choice. Brighton versus Wolves. I'll let you have that one as well. Okay. I'll go for Glenn Murray. Oh no, Glenn Murray's injured, isn't he? He picked up an injury. If he's if, if you pick someone who does happen to be injured, well, of course. We picked up a bad injury the other day, so he's probably going to miss that game. Brighton v Wolves. Yeah. Ah, um, uh, who plays? Who plays behind Glenn Murray? Pascal Gross is injured as well at the moment. Isn't I know he? they've got Is Criado. Well, he's yeah, one he's of the not, wingers. He's not, even, he's not even starting at the moment. Knockout. I'll go for Knockout. Anthony Knockout. Good yeah. shout. And I will take on QPR versus Villa, which takes place on Friday. So if if the goal scorer happens to score on Friday, then you only got two on the Saturday, which is good. Um, I'm going to go for Tammy Abraham. Yeah, good idea. Tammy Abraham. If all of those score, 
then one lucky listener will be winning an Albion shirt with a name and number. Last one, Gareth Whiston. He's about to send us pictures through, so we should get pictures of him with his Albion shirt, so send them across when you can, Gareth. Finished up with predictions. First game, Derby. Both of these at home, of course. So, first up, Derby. Frank Lampard's Derby. Will Albion get back on track, Matt Wilson? I think they will. I think Derby have got mixed form away from home, and I think Albion will be desperate to right the wrongs of Saturday. I'm going to go for 2-1 to the Babbies. I'm going for 2-all. I think it'll be I think it'll be a tough game, but I think it'll be a good one. Blackburn. I'm going I'm going for uh, you know what? I'm gonna go for it. Three nil West Brom. Really? Three nil West Brom. Okay. I don't I think it's gonna be a draw. I'm gonna go for two two. Two two. Right. So we both think four points, but we think we're gonna get it the other way around. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Well hopefully we're right. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Matt. You've got to go and see Mr. Darren Moore now, haven't you? I have, yeah. All right, well, we'll, we'll cut it short then. We'll finish it there, shall we? Yeah, all right. See you later. Have a good time seeing Darren Moore. Thank you from me. Thank you from Matt. We'll see you soon.